the 2020 AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Peachtree has been quite a challenge in 2020, but for all of us here at Atlanta Track Club, it is a labor of love, so we are finding a way. It's been a long wait, but it's finally here. Being able to run is one of the only normal things that we can do. Get ready for a Peachtree experience like no other. I think the app that Atlanta Track Club is putting together with the sounds of Peachtree is going to be phenomenal. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Well, you've waited for it, and you've waited for it, and you've waited for it. But finally, we are here with the Peachtree Podcast for 2020, here with Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club. I'm Jennifer Perry. And yes, we're about to get you ready for the first ever virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race. And uh, Jay, it's been a long wait, hasn't it? It has. It feels like the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race was years ago. Uh-huh. I often forget that that was the last time we did it because it feels like it was so long ago. And and every time someone says the first ever virtual running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, I have to stop myself from saying, and hopefully only, because, <laughs> because while I'm really excited to get everybody back on that start line at Lenox Square, I also think that this virtual running is going to be a really cool experience in a time where virtual races are what we do. Um, So while I do hope that it is the only exclusively virtual running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, I do hope that we learn some things from it and we build some new traditions that can carry over to the races when we're back in person. Yeah, I just look at it as a unique experience in a very unique year. And uh, I've already done some of Atlanta Track Club's virtual races this year, and I love the T-shirts. So today we're doing this via Zoom. Jay and I, of course, are socially distancing like everyone else these days. But I have my one team ATL 5K T-shirt on pretty cool stuff. I got the women's 5k t-shirt. So actually the virtual races have kept me still on some sort of training plan through all the craziness because it would have been easier just to eat a bunch and not train over the last several months. So running's been a lifesaver for a lot of us, hasn't it, Jay? Yeah, that's really been the goal too. We know that people want to get out there and run and it is often hard to motivate yourself when there is no carrot, when there is no race to train for. And so one of the good things about this virtual peach tree is that we've been sort of testing the waters of virtual running all spring and summer. You mentioned the two biggest ones we've done, the one team ATL, which was a really neat partnership with the Falcons, Braves, Dream and Hawks to raise money for the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in the women's 5K. And then we're going to kind of up the ante with Peachtree, which would be a much bigger production. But yeah, it is, it's really uh, easy to just say, okay, no race, no marathon, no half marathon, no Peachtree. Netflix has got a lot of options. <laughs> um, and I've been surprised to see how many people have said, no, I, I'd like to stick to running. And hopefully uh, we'll see a lot of those folks on Thanksgiving weekend. What's going on on Atlanta Track Club side right now? Because uh, you have a lot of preparation, even for a virtual race that has to be done here, Jay. It's just a different kind of work. And, you know, I think on the surface, when you look at it, it looks easier. But the peace tree, as hard as it is, as backbreaking as it is on certain days, It is something we know how to do. It is something we've done 50 times. Uh, Some of our staff up to 25 times because they've been here that long, 30 times really, and and some of us five or six times, but we know the process. And obviously there are curveballs that come at us every year, but for the most part, we know how to put on a 60,000 person race. We have not put on a virtual race of this size. And so it's just a different kind of difficult. So right now, uh, mid-October, we are working really closely with our app developer to get the app up and running. We've got a great developer that Rich Kanawha will talk about here in a little bit. 
uh, when we speak with him, but uh, we're, we're working on getting the sights and the sounds uploaded into the app, getting the course map in there, doing some testing, because we want to make sure when we roll that out in mid-November that it's perfect and there are no hiccups there. Um, the other big thing that we're doing is we are having all of your shirts and swag bags delivered to your door via UPS, who's been a longtime sponsor of the AJCP Street Road Race. And we're doing all that fulfillment in-house for the first time. So our warehouse, which is usually filled with water and fencing and signage, is filled with you know, Waffle House flyers and 60,000 shirts take up a lot of space. It's like 15 pallets worth of shirts. Uh, and we are working about 10 hours a day in shifts getting those packages filled and put in a box to be delivered by UPS is all happening in-house for the first time. And so that is a huge operation and, and one that has to be done perfectly right. We don't want Jennifer Perry getting Jay Holder's race packet. <laughs> so just making sure that's all happening. So it's there's a lot going on right now. A lot of coordination. And uh, Rich is going to tell us more in just a few minutes here about when you can expect that t-shirt on your doorstep and everything that's going into this process. And we wanted to do the Peachtree podcast again this year, Jay, because we want to have some great guests here over the next several weeks to help people stay motivated and really train for the most authentic Peachtree experience possible. And a lot of great guests coming up to just help keep us motivated. And even though it might be different this year, there are many things that are going to stay the same for us. Yeah, our goal is to keep as many Peachtree traditions as possible in this world. And and we'll talk a lot about that over the next six weeks from the t-shirt, you know, to the national anthem being sung with the contest there. We're doing that to competing against people in your age group to, to get your best time. All of that stuff is going to stay the same, but we're also, we, we have the opportunity to do some really cool things this year. We can open up our wheelchair field uh, much wider than we've been able to in the past because we don't have the space limitations. Same with the push assist. You can do the peach tree from anywhere. So you talk, we've talked about that. No cardiac hill. Uh, in fact, we encourage you not to run on the peach tree course on November 26th or uh, through 29th, but you can find another hill uh, that is steep and painful if you'd like to replicate that experience. <laughs> Um, and, you know, the other thing that it's going to be really cool for me, for, for safety reasons and for really legitimate reasons, you can't push your kids in a jog stroller at the peach tree with 60,000 people. But when you're running alone in your neighborhood, that double jogger is just fine. And so I'm right. really looking forward to being able to, my kids are five and three, and so they're not quite running a 10K yet. So I'm really looking forward to being able to push them uh, through the peach tree this year and, and share that experience with them. Yeah, create a whole different kind of tradition with your family. I love that. And we invite you, take the podcast along on your training runs. We're going to be here for the next six weeks helping you get ready for the virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Peachtree Podcast is sponsored in part by Invesco QQQ. We believe new innovations create new opportunities. Here's to greater possibilities together. Learn more at Invesco.com. Invesco Distributors Incorporated. Well, let's welcome into the Peachtree Podcast the man who has the awesome challenge of trying to coordinate a race of 60,000 people in a year where nothing is normal. Rich Kanaw, Atlanta Track Club Executive Director. And Rich, do you remember, it's been about a year and a half ago since we last talked on the Peachtree Podcast, and we were talking at the time, planning the celebration for the 50th running was certainly a challenge, but I think maybe we've topped that for you in 2020. Yeah, that's well said. Uh, and I said this many times, if you if you said to me on March 1st that our that are the easiest thing that we were going to do in 2020 was to put on the Olympic trials. I would have said you were, were crazy. Uh, the the Peachtree has been quite a challenge in 2020, but for 
all of us here at Atlanta Track Club, it is a labor of love. So uh, we are finding a way. We've all had to find a way through many things this year, and this is just uh, one of those things. And I want to take you through a timeline of events here in just a moment. But first of all, I know for for us as the runners, you know, that July 4th tradition is important to so many people, not just here in Atlanta, but people who travel from all over to do this race. But what was it like for you? Because I know how it was for the rest of us to wake up on July 4th with no race to actually go to. But what was that day like for you in particular? Oh, well, it was strange. And the, the I guess probably the, the best way for me to describe the feelings that I had were guilty. Hmm. Uh, I, I felt as if I shouldn't have had to, the opportunity to sleep the night before. I should have been out there trying to find a way to make it happen, you know, but understood sort of deep down that obviously it couldn't happen. So, so short answer is it's sort of guilt ridden is the way I felt. Interesting, because, uh, yeah, for so many of us, that day is so important to us. But I I think for you guys at Atlanta Track Club, it became apparent fairly early on, you know, after everything started, especially back in March, you know, we were all holding on to hope that we could make it happen in July. But at what point did that become clear that it just wasn't possible this summer? Uh, It was approaching May 1st when we realized that that even though the models showed that uh, we should be approaching an ebb point here in the southeast in Georgia with respect to transmission of the virus, the medical community would have still been heavily focused on managing and mitigating around the virus. And it just was not fair to them and fair to the city to try to proceed on the 4th of July. And so you made the decision at that time. A lot of us ran our own personal peach trees, which you had a great social media campaign around that time. And it was actually kind of cool to check in on social media on July 4th and see how many people just kind of took up their own personal challenge and kind of made it their own race this year. It was great to see. And it was equally great to see the number of peach tree faithful who heeded our call not to go out to peach tree on the 4th of July and participate in their own little race to keep their tradition alive. There have been challenges in other cities uh, when races are canceled or postponed where people come out in mass. And I was uh, somewhat concerned that after 50 years, you would have tens of thousands of people who still wanted to be out there. Uh, But it speaks to people's reverence and respect for the peach tree that they did not go out there uh, and did it sort of in their own space on their own time. I have to ask, Rich, where did you do your peach tree on July 4th, your personal peach tree? I took the opportunity, even though I was guilt-ridden, to show our kids some college campuses around all around the East Coast. We drove to 19 different colleges up and down the East Coast. And on the 4th of July, I was in Washington, D.C., running along the Potomac. Oh, Perfect setting for your personal peach tree. I love it. I'm kind of jealous. Uh, I know, though, that you didn't want to disappoint the thousands of people who really look forward to this race every year. So I think uh, in those months between, you know, July 4th and then the announcement that this year's race had to go virtual, I would imagine there was a lot going on behind the scenes there at Atlanta Track Club in terms of trying to figure out just how to continue this tradition, but do it in a safe way. There were quite a lot of conversations. We convened a committee, uh, a task force really, within uh, the organization to plan for a Thanksgiving Day peach tree. Um, so for those who, who might think that this was inevitable all along, in our minds, it was not. We looked uh, at many different models 
uh, for a Thanksgiving Day event. And we really came down to as the, the virus started to spike again in, uh, in July, uh, where we landed was a multiple day peach tree, uh, four days in fact, starting essentially Thursday, Thanksgiving day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and redoing the peach tree four different days in four different locations. And felt as if we, if we did that, we could spread out the participants in a way that it would be safe and effective. But ultimately we decided that if we went in that direction, we were delivering a road race, but we weren't delivering the peach tree. And that's really sort of why we made the decision and the pivot uh, to say, let's build something as authentic as possible and do it in a way that is 100% safe for everyone. You know, with social media, I know there are a lot of people who are upset because they really wanted to do this in person, but you guys are going to deliver on the virtual experience. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. But Jay, Rich, I know that this was important to you to address all the questions that you had from not just members, but all those runners who come here every single year for Peachtree. And you're very transparent about this decision-making process all along and, and were there to answer questions, especially in those initial few days. But you understand that people were disappointed don't you? When we made the decision, and I'll toss it to you in a second here, Jay, when we made this decision, we knew that there were going to be a number of people who weren't happy with the direction we were going and didn't, and would not understand the whys behind it. Uh, we've got 50 years plus in, in this organization delivering events to the community. Uh, and we, we have a history of always uh, meeting or exceeding expectations and going beyond from a customer service perspective. So this this hurt because we knew that we weren't going to be able to deliver what everyone wanted. But what we did know is that we could give everyone the opportunity uh, to offer their opinions, their thoughts, their concerns, and their criticism to us in, in a one-on-one environment. And that's what we tried to provide. Yeah, I would say that, you know, uh, for me, as, a, as someone who runs a lot of races myself or, you know, is, is not afraid to reach out to a company or an organization or a brand that I'm interacting with when my needs are not met or I, I don't get the answer I want, um, it's really frustrating to me to see people just not respond, especially when there's a, they, a barrage of comments and questions. Um, and that is, that's a tactic. Let's just let this go and, and play out and eventually it will go away. But even for me, if, you know, if, if I do, even if I don't get the answer that I want from a company or organization that I'm interacting with, if they at least take the time to talk to me and give me an explanation, I feel a little bit better walking away. And I felt like we owed it to our participants and members and Peachtree Faithful to, to deliver that kind of service. So they at least felt like they were heard and, and they were heard and walked away feeling like their opinion mattered and counted. I saw you guys personally respond to so many people on social media. You've also addressed just about every single question you could possibly get about the race, how registration has changed, et cetera. It's all there on Atlanta Track Club's website under the FAQ section there about the AJC Peachtree Road Race. So let's talk about what we can look forward to now, guys, because a lot of people were thanking you for giving them options. And in many ways, it's going to allow a lot of us to do something a little bit differently for Thanksgiving weekend and kind of start a different thing here in 2020 and adjust. But uh, one of the cool aspects is that we're actually going to see the t-shirt ahead of time, something that's never been done before. The t-shirt is sacred and any tweak to the t-shirt tradition, any uh, any slight change in the t-shirt tradition is, is guaranteed to cause some opinions and some emotions. And so 
you know, when we made this change this year, when we had to move to the virtual running of the AJCP Street Road Race, we did spend a lot of time talking about what do we do with the shirt. Now, the way the deadlines are uh, with printing 60,000 shirts, these shirts have been printed with the winning design from the contest that we held back in, uh, in February and March. Uh, so that that had happened, and that design will will continue to be the winning design when we unveil the T-shirt. And they say July fourth, and we we thought, do we do we go through the effort to change that, which would be not only expensive, but but probably impossible, and may not look very good. I mean, it might have involved us sitting in a room with a, with sixty thousand shirts and a sharpie. Um, <laughs> but we thought that people might appreciate a nod to what could have been, what might have been in this kind of just really hopefully unique year where we're not on July 4th. So the shirt kind of will will be sort of a, uh, a conversation piece, a collector's item for people, especially those who have done this race many times. So the, the design is the same as the, as the contest voters chose back in the winter. We did add something to the back of the shirt that lets people know that, hey, we, we understand that this year is different and here's a nod to that. So we added a little saying to the back that folks will see when they start getting their shirts via UPS here in the next couple of weeks. We plan to unveil the shirt in mid-October. Um, I know we're taping here at the beginning of the fall. Uh, we don't have, we haven't nailed down a specific date yet. Uh, but before midway through the month, when those packages start arriving, we want to make sure we unveil it. And it's, uh, it's not something that is a surprise to people when they get it at their doorstep that they get, oh, everybody gets a chance to see it at the same time. So we're working closely with the AJC, uh, on, on how to make that a, a big splash and make that exciting. It's certainly not the, the way we usually do it. Uh, we try to think of ways that we could, be at everyone's door on Thanksgiving Day through the 29th, waiting for them with their shirt. But we just we don't we have a lot of great volunteers, but we don't have 45,000. So um, so this is the way we're going to have to do it. But I think it'll still be really cool and exciting. Yeah. So you brought up volunteers there, and that's always a key aspect of the race. What have you guys been hearing from your volunteers this year? And are they having to adjust their plans a little bit? Because I mean, they're so involved in what you guys do. Uh, to your point, and we say this every year, the Peace Tree does not happen without volunteers. For so many decades, volunteers, crew chiefs uh, who oversee large number of volunteers, build their Fourth of July celebration around their Peace Tree commitment. So as much as I was guilt-ridden and, and other people felt sort of out of kilter uh, here at the staff level, I would imagine volunteers were ever more so because they didn't have visibility and understanding of sort of what we were trying to do and trying to pull off. Um, so we, we have tried throughout the pandemic to stay in touch with our volunteers and our volunteer staff leads uh, have been having Zoom calls with our volunteers to, to hear how they're feeling about the running community, how they're just dealing with the pandemic and everything that goes along with it. Uh, so we are, uh, plans aren't totally baked yet, but we are planning to make sure that our volunteers have a front and center uh, position in the virtual running of the Peachtree this year. I love it. It gives them the chance maybe to do their own race and do things a little bit differently, but we always appreciate seeing them out along the route. That's the one thing I'm probably going to miss the most, guys, on Thanksgiving Day when I do my virtual peach tree and looking forward to getting back to normal so we can see those smiling faces uh, as we do every single year and glad that they're staying so involved with Atlanta Track Club and what you're doing. So, Rich, no organization has been immune to the effects of the pandemic, what that's done to a lot of companies financially but uh, as a nonprofit, what has this done for you guys? Because, I mean, we've had to put off races, shift races virtually. And for your staff, I mean, they put their heart and soul into this every day. 
What's it been like there at Atlanta Track Club during this? It's been a challenge. Every organization, every person, every family has had challenges they've needed to navigate through this pandemic. For us, the track club, we are, as you say, a nonprofit. We are mission focused. Everything we do is driven around trying to get Atlanta healthier through running and walking. And as a result of not being able to put on our in-person programming, our events and our training programs and so forth, and as a result of the challenges around Peachtree, we have had to lay off a number of staffers. And we are planning all staff furloughs uh, before the end of the year. Uh, I feel good about the fact that the track club has been able to continue to support the vast majority of staffers that we have. Uh, and we are committed to keeping those staffers employed here uh, until the end of this pandemic so that uh, we are able to put on that 50-second running of a peach tree. So we're doing two different things here. We're planning for a virtual, but also playing the long game, keeping the peach tree tradition alive. And to do that, you need to keep the staff and the organization healthy. Uh, and, and this pandemic has created a lot of headwinds in that area. Uh, but I think well, we're going to get through. And uh, a lot of corporate sponsors have really stepped up. It does seem this year, too. I mean, you've hung on to a lot of your sponsors of these various races, even if they've gone virtually. And so it's nice to see corporate America kind of step up and, again, help us continue our running traditions here in Atlanta. Every corporation has had challenges, as we read in, in every news cycle. And I'd like to say that I'm, I'm not surprised, but, but I am surprised. Without exception, every community partner, every corporate partner, has maintained their commitment to the Peachtree and maintained their commitment to Atlanta Track Club during this. And it speaks to the power of the Peachtree. Now, one of the big things that I'm looking forward to the most as a runner in this race is how you're going to make this as authentic as possible. And that includes the use of an app. So can you tell us what's kind of going into that process? Sure can. So I'll start with just the idea of authentic. There are elements of the race uh, that, that are just sort of built into the tradition. And, and Jay referenced the finisher shirt. So step one is making sure that everyone gets their finisher shirt at their front door in a timely fashion before the race. So we're continuing the tradition of the shirt, but for the first time ever, you're getting it before you take your first step. Uh, and, and we're very proud to, to work with UPS to deliver that in a way that can be tracked uh, in a very sort of short time window so that everyone gets it in sort of that same week, if you will. The next step around Authentic is this app that you reference. So how, how do you bring the sights and sounds and the feel and the emotion and the tradition to an event virtually? The answer is an app. And we're pleased to, to partner with our new registration platform, Haku, uh, to deliver something that will hopefully uh, bring those elements to, to everybody, uh, no matter where they are, whether they're here in Atlanta, they're in California, they're in Europe or Australia for that matter. And Jay, you were telling me that actually this app, it's it's brand new technology and adds to the race experience. But there's uh, one major race you might have heard of, the Boston Marathon, that's going to try this first. Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate to see the Boston Marathon roll up something very, very similar just a couple of weeks ago. They're actually using the same exact app that, that we'll be using, the same company. And the reviews have been good so far, and uh, and and Boston is a is a great event to say, okay, they tried it. Now we're next, um, and they they held their race uh, virtually over a period of uh, two weeks in September. So 
I think this is the world that we live in now, uh, hopefully temporarily. I think everybody misses being out there, the camaraderie and the community of, of being on the start line with your friends. But this is the world that we live in now and, and try to find a way to deliver it so that it feels as real as possible and deliver some of that excitement is, is the big challenge. And, and I, I'm, I'm excited to sort of set the tone going forward uh, as an organization for, for big races that are trying to navigate this. And to add to that, Jay, so for the first time, we're building out a, a virtual event. Uh, so we don't have all of our plans in place yet. But the elements of that app include uh, the ability to listen to those normal sounds that you hear on the 4th of July, to hear some good inspirational, fun music, uh, includes some of the voices that you're used to hearing on, on the course, potentially. And then the last piece that I, that I think is important for people to understand uh, is the ability to track your progress with GPS technology so that we can and you can measure yourself against the tens of thousands of your best friends and give you the opportunity to find the fastest possible course that works for you. Fewer hills, guys? Yeah, or all downhills, maybe. <laughs> the, the great thing about the GPS technology is that you, when you hit start, it will track where you are uh, and it will apply where you are relative to where you would have been on the course. Wow. Uh, okay. You'll, you'll know your splits. Uh, you'll know where you are on the course and it will automatically give you your finish line and record your time and your results. And so there's going to be a verification process on this. Yes, there is. So, so you can manually enter in your result, but to be eligible in sort of in the results in age group and in the front of the pack and so forth, uh, you'll have to utilize GPS technology. And we know it's not apples to apples because some people are going to be on a straight downhill course and some people will be on a straight uphill course. Uh, but it will at least give us the opportunity uh, to measure ourselves uh, against our fellow running city USA community members. You guys have told us in previous seasons that you and the rest of the ATC staff don't get the t-shirt because you don't do the race. You have to finish to get the t-shirt. So... I'm wondering, do you guys get to try this yourselves this year and finally get your own T-shirt? I've registered. So, yes, for the okay. first time, I registered for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Jay? <laughs> Me too, but I feel like it's a little anticlimactic only because I know what the shirt is. So, uh, <laughs> I, unless somebody switched it on me and I don't know about it, uh, I, that, that part is out. But I think the rest of the experience is going to be really cool. And I'm already starting to plan where my course is going to be. One fringe benefit. Again, we're trying to look for all the positives in this. And I, that was one of the first things I thought of. These guys who put on this race every year finally get to do it themselves. But I know, uh, Rich, so many people have had questions about how do we do this virtually? How do we enjoy it? And how do we capture the same excitement? But uh, any other questions that you've been getting a lot lately from some of those loyal members and the loyal runners of this race? The most consistent question is, how could you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning not have a, an in-person peach tree. Uh, and, and after you talk that through uh, with someone, uh, they get it. And a year ago, if you had said to me that my job was going to be to promote uh, the world's largest virtual 10K, I, I would say that it would fall short of the mark. Um, but this pandemic has, has really required us uh, to, to rethink and to reinvent and just find a way. And ultimately, the answer that I give to everyone is we as an organization felt it was much more important uh, to keep the Petri tradition alive, keep your streak alive, 
than it was to basically just mothball it for the entire year and restart for the 52nd running. So we feel as if it is our responsibility to find a way in 2020. We're pretty proud, as you can tell, of what we're going to bring to the market. Yeah, it's going to be great. I, I love all the features you're adding. And again, if you look at it in a positive way, this year, you can do your AJC Peachtree Road Race from anywhere around the world on Thanksgiving or that weekend. Actually, you guys are giving people a few days to complete this. Is that right? Yeah, and we, we got some feedback. And Jay, why don't, you, why don't you provide sort of some detail on why we made that change from just Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, we originally believed that it, you know the Peachtree is a one-day event, and so the virtual event should be a one-day event. And, and again, as, as Richie said a couple of times, we are, we're new at this at virtual event production. So that was our thought. Um, but as we unveiled this and started to get feedback, one of the common themes was, listen, if I can run this race any place I want to, and I don't need to be at a set specific location, I'm going to take Thanksgiving Day and spend Thanksgiving Day with my family. I'd like to run the day after, or perhaps that weekend. Uh, and we heard that enough times to say, you know what, these people are right and looked at other virtual races and saw that the window was usually a lot longer than just one day. So we were able to make that change really easily. And and, and hopefully that gives people uh, more of an opportunity to complete the race. Yeah, more flexibility, more options. For me, I will do it Thanksgiving morning, guys, because you feel like you earn your turkey and, and maybe some pie too a little bit later in the day. So I'll keep with that. And uh, I, I always love the Thanksgiving Day races that Atlanta Track Club puts on too. So in many ways, it's going to be continuing a different kind of tradition this year. But, uh, you know, so much has happened and uh, so much planning has gone into creating the best virtual experience uh, that we can. But guys, can we talk about the last several months and what that's really done to running City USA, because I think maybe the most encouraging thing that I've seen over these last several months is that more people are focused on their health and you see a lot more people out there running, running safely. And I think that's been kind of an encouraging thing uh, in the midst of so much crazy in 2020. Yeah, it is absolutely the silver lining. And, I, and for a second, maybe I'll talk about what I've seen and what I feel and predict. And and then Jay can talk maybe a little bit about what we've been doing for the community in this time. I can say that I see more runners, more walkers uh, out on the streets of Atlanta than I've ever seen before. Selfishly, it's great to, to see them wearing a track club hat or a Peachtree t-shirt or their, their favorite uh, you know, Peachtree shoe uh, from Mizuno. And it, it is my belief, our belief at the track club, that as we get through uh, COVID, hopefully sooner rather than later, we will see another running boom in the United States. And I'm pretty sure that Atlanta is going to lead the way just based on the number of people that I've seen out there. Yeah, I, I certainly see a lot more runners, even on my really early morning runs than I used to see. And that's that's really encouraging because you get that sense of, of camaraderie that, that we're missing. Uh, by not having our typical running groups, just by seeing somebody else out there doing the same thing. And that's that's been really comforting. And, and one of the things that we realized really early on in this pandemic is that we're all in this together and we're all alone. And so how do we provide that sense of togetherness uh, for people when we can't be with them? And so we started just rolling out virtual experiences and uh, virtual resources for people to feel like they had company when they were running. So we launched a website in April called The Distance. Uh, and The Distance is, it's a number of things. It is your 5K training program. It is games for your kids to play. It is live classes. Uh, we, we've kind of toned down a little bit the live classes because we have so many of them now in our library. But for, for several weeks, we we're doing live classes every weekday from plyos to yoga that people could do for free. 
we have rolled out a library of places to run in Atlanta and given you tours of, of some of the great running spots around Atlanta and tips and, and tricks on, on how to really best utilize those spots. We moved our Beltline group run series to a Zoom call. So everybody would go for a run, they'd come back, get on Zoom, have their beverage of choice and talk about the run and, and try to just replicate the experiences of what it's like being part of Running City USA and part of that community like this, like we're doing right now on, on Zoom. So, and then the other thing, of course, is just adding to our, our library of virtual races. So we've got doing a virtual cross country 3K. We're doing a virtual prepping for Peachtree 10K in October. Uh, and those races are free to members. And it just gives people something else to do, something to kind of break up the monotony of just going out for a run every day. We can't go all be together for an actual race. Here's something that we're all doing together at the same time. And, and they have real results and real interactive features where you can kind of see who you're racing against and check out how you did in your age group. And um, so things like that, trying to pivot to be an organization that continues to build the community, even when there's such a challenging time that we're in like this. It's uh, been an encouraging thing to have you guys as a resource there at Atlanta Track Club. And uh, so if you're new, maybe you're just checking out the Peachtree podcast for the first time because you're about to do your very first Peachtree virtually. Well, check out the resources they have for you on their website and uh, you can check us out there. But any tips for us, guys, because I know that uh, actually you're going to continue registration until we get to 60,000 runners. Is that right? Yeah, we're November 1st. So November 1st is the deadline or 60,000 runners, whatever happens first. Because that's how many t-shirts we had, right? That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, guys, uh, Rich, especially you, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's been a very uh, challenging year, but we're looking forward to the best possible virtual AJC Peachtree Road Race this year. We always love having you here on the Peachtree Podcast. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And as we wrap up, I I just want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of the Peachtree faithful who have stood with us sort of through the challenges of COVID, their interests, their focus on registering, their communications, sometimes positive, sometimes critical, uh, keep us going. And and we're very much looking forward to this virtual version, uh, but then the 52nd running of the Peach Street next July 4th. And a little breaking news for you here on the Peachtree Podcast. Jay, we mentioned in our interview with Rich, we recorded this a little ahead of time. And so things have been moving fast in these last few weeks. And just this week, we got the news we were all waiting for. And that's this year's t-shirt design. It is out. It is in the hands of the first participants to receive it. Uh, UPS packages carrying your race kit, including the finisher shirt, started arriving at people's doorsteps on Wednesday of this week. So just yesterday, if you're listening to this the day it drops, we revealed the shirt on Tuesday afternoon. We took it to Bill Thorne, the only person to run all of the 50 AJC Peachtree Road Races. He was the first one to see it. We broke the news to the artist. It's Becky Dominic, whose design, Keep On, Keep It On, got the most votes at AJC.com back in March when we held the poll. And so far, the reviews have been good. Yeah, very good. And actually, let's listen to the moment when uh, Bill Thorne first received the very first AJC Peachtree Road Race t-shirt for 2020. Well, after 50 years, we, we don't wait to put this in the, in the shipping box with the rest of the UPS deliveries. We deliver this directly to the man, the only man who's run all 50 Peachtrees. So you are going to be the first participant this year to see Bill was thrilled that you guys showed up at his house and presented him with this, but you deserve that honor after doing that many and having that kind of streak, Jay. (laughs) 
Bill Thorne is the Peachtree Road Race. He is so much about what this race is about. And I was just talking to his daughter a moment ago, and and I said to her that spending time with Bill, listening to Bill's words of wisdom, his stories over the past five decades are something that I look forward to every year on the Peachtree. And it was great to spend some time with him yesterday and see him put that shirt into a bin of 50 other shirts that he has collected <laughs> over the years. He's a, he's an inspiration for so many reasons. And then the true Iron Man of the Peachtree. And I love the color of the shirt this year, because whether you're Bill Thorne or you're super fast and doing your own virtual race, Jay, they're going to all see us coming on the roads because it's bright red. I love it. Bright red. Yeah, we tried to change the colors up. It was white last year. It was gray the year before, blue the year before that. So it was red's turn. And I keep forgetting we were on an audio medium. So we're describing this shirt. But people can't see it right now. They can go to our Facebook page and see the video that we put out of us bringing the shirt to Bill Thorne and also letting the artists know. Of course, they'll be getting an email over the next couple of days with a picture of the shirt and your package should be arriving sometime in the next two to three weeks. We're sending them out by size. Okay. So some shirt started arriving this week, um, but we are packing them as we send them out in our warehouse uh, and you should have yours by the end of this month. Good to know. And again, uh, if you want to find more pictures of the t-shirt, just check out Atlanta Track Club's Facebook page, the AJC Peachtree Road Race Facebook page, or check out atlantatrackclub.org. And Jay, we also want to put out the call this week to our listeners here, the Peachtree faithful who are going to be joining us virtually this year. If you have a question, I know there's so many changes that we've been talking about already with Rich today. If our listeners want to weigh in, we want to make them part of the podcast this season. Yeah, as we get closer to the race, we want to bring people in. We want to hear those burning questions people have as they get closer to Thanksgiving Day. Email us your questions, media at atlantatrackclub.org. Post them on Facebook. We will be reaching back out to you and finding some of the most common questions that people have and bringing people on the show to let them ask us and our panel of experts right here on the Peachtree Podcast. Track your stats, take your songs along, and even pay for that post-run latte. If your running watch can't do all that, it's time to get a Garmin smartwatch. No matter your pace, no matter your distance, there's a forerunner just for you. Visit Garmin.com to find yours. Well, this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race will be very different, but so is the training piece of this for us who've been dealing with lockdown quarantines and uh, training in a different way here in 2020. So, who better to bring in to help us with some tips on doing some of that solo training and still getting the best peach tree out of ourselves, Jay, than actually your in-house coach there at Atlanta Track Club, who does a lot of the in-training for peach tree and is always happy to help runners with tips on keeping us safe and healthy too during this time. Yes, despite the fact that we can't meet in person, despite the fact that the group runs on the weekends are not happening, in-training for peach tree and the task of getting people ready for their best peach tree is still one that exists. Amy Begley is here. She is the coach at Atlanta Track Club, has some experience 10,000 meter distance herself. Of course, she represented the United States in the 2000 Olympics in Beijing. But now she gets people prepared to run 10,000 meters, regardless if they're going to the Olympics or if they're going to Park Tavern after their run. <laughs> so Amy, thanks for joining us virtually as everything is these days. Oh, thanks for having me. It, it is definitely a different year. So let's just touch on that a little bit. I mean, I, you are used to meeting weekly with the hundreds of participants who sign up for in-training. We can't do that this year because of COVID-19. What does in-training for Peachtree look like for you as a coach? For me, it's a lot more, uh, there's a lot of Zoom meetings. We have a <laughs> weekly Tuesday night because Wednesdays are workout day. And we usually meet Wednesday night for workouts and then Saturday for the long run. 
So this week, you know, we did a Zoom on Tuesday and we talked about nutrition. So every week we meet on Zoom and talk about different topics just because we can't be together. And then we're trying to make Facebook a little bit more of a social place. We've always told them to post on there. And each of the participants have a volunteer run lead that check in with them weekly as well. So they have about six to 10, you know, per run lead. So they kind of get attention weekly from them. They have Zoom and then I try to check in as well and, and get them going. So you're really trying to replace one of the big things I think that's lost for all of us in this pandemic is that connection, that that community feel, especially amongst runners who often have a running group or a running buddy. It sounds like you're trying to really replace that in a virtual way the best you can. And everyone's learning Zoom, so it's uh, <laughs> it definitely was a learning curve for all of us. But we have been doing that, and you know, it, it's great bringing in professional people from Atlanta to talk about different topics. And each week people get to ask these questions, you know, to experts on a personal level when they tune in on Tuesday. So that is probably the best thing we've been able to do. And the other thing is just having people share their ups and their downs um, on Facebook as well. Yeah. Are the questions different this year from what you typically get from the runners who are participating in person? Yeah, definitely teaching people how to create their own courses. Uh, You know, there's different apps you can do that. And teaching people how to stretch virtually has been interesting, right? I'm trying to like set the computer up so they can see my full body and trying to, you know, backing up and, and you know, projecting towards the screen as I'm stretching, showing form and drills in, you know, in my bedroom has been hilarious on, <laughs> on Zoom. So it's, it's definitely had some fun challenges virtually uh, coaching to say the least. Well, let's talk about some of your tips for for training solo, because this is a different experience for a lot of us, Amy. And I know one of the things that I've run into, and I'm sure a lot of our runners have run into, is just getting in a rut here in 2020. How do you still challenge yourself and really build on your distances and build on your times and, and come up with a plan that's right for you since we are doing this kind of on our own right now? I tell people the hardest thing to do is honestly get out the door. And I say, you know, if you're having a hard day, Literally just get out the door and tell yourself you're going to go one time around the block or you're going to go down to the stoplight or stop sign and come back. Make that at least your minimum. And most of the time people actually get out there and and do the whole thing. Um, We tell people to create new courses, go somewhere new. Um, You know, if you find a fun place near you, you know, post it on Facebook so people, other people can go and, you know, run there and try it. We mixed up workouts this year as well. We added different time things and different hill things. So that if you've been in our program before, it wasn't just the same program. We're also talking to people about different run walks. There's some people that, you know, want to go from walking to running. There's some people that um, have always just done run walks. So we've really kind of dove into that to give them more options. And, you know, sometimes we even talk about, hey, if, to, if you have to bribe yourself, you know, that's fine. You know, new outfit this week or <laughs> new whatever. Um, <laughs> everyone's going to be a little bit different of, of what's their why. And, and you have to find your why, you know, why are you doing this? What's your goal? And if the why and the goal is important enough, then you usually get out the door. I know a lot of in training for Peachtree participants are beginners and Peachtree is their first race. And for a lot of people, it's their first time really taking running and making running and walking and making a part of their daily lives. How do you keep those people motivated? Because I know those are the people who generally really want that community feel and really want to be pushed and joined by others when they're out there on the run or the walk. And sometimes I tell them to go find a place where there might be other people around. Like, for example, um, the Beltline is incredibly busy. The Silver Common is busy, even Atlanta Road. So some of those places and even Piedmont, you know, so if they're at least surrounded by other people moving, sometimes that helps, keeps you going. This time we started really 
we usually start really slow for beginners too, but we started even slower. And my goal with them was just to get into a routine that they could manage with the life and schedule that they have now. And I tell them, hey, if we have to start with two days a week, that's fine. You know, three days a week, if that's all you can do, then let's do that. So we are making the goals um, attainable and we're making them so that they have some wins. Because if you, if you don't have some wins every week, it's hard to keep going as well. Do people need to perhaps reset their expectations? I know a lot of people come in and they want to they want to run a PR. They want to run their their fastest last 5k. They want to, you know, do 10 minutes better than they did last year. Is this a time to maybe have different expectations going into the race than you normally would for a traditional peach tree? I would say yes and no. Um, some people are actually able to do more than they've ever been able to do, so they're going to probably exceed the goals that they set for themselves. And other people are missing the social interaction and they're missing somebody pulling them along in their long run. They're missing, you know, because usually if you're by yourself, it's easy to stop and walk, right? It's easy to, you know, just to, oh, I'm going to go this way because the light's red, so I get to stop, right? Um, so <laughs> for them, I, I have told them that maybe we just need to reset the goals and make it so that maybe we're just going to run the entire 10K. But others that have more time, you know, we are trying to ramp up their goals a little bit more this year. Has runner etiquette changed during this time too, Amy? Because I know I, I do run the Silver Comet a lot and sometimes it is a little bit crowded and you're trying to keep other people safe too. I'm wondering what should we keep in mind when we're out there and uh, doing our training runs for Peachtree and, and running into other runners? That's been an interesting conversation in the running world, you know, mask or no mask social distancing and you know it's hard right now to know exactly what the best policies are because you hear different things every week right and and i tell people if you think you're going to be in a crowded space you know take a mask or or take you know one of the gators that you can pull up or down you know if you're going to be a place that's that's not crowded okay that's fine but it's always um, nice to move over if you can even a lot of people will turn away you know turn towards the side of the trail if people are walking by running by. So everyone is, I think, is just trying the best they can with the information that they have. But I think just giving people space and no matter what your stance is on masks, you know, let people do what they do and you take care of you and let and let them take care of them. One of the really cool things this year is that we do get to choose our own AJC Peachtree Road Race route. So any tips you have for us on selecting the best course. I'm still deciding, do I want it all flat so I can get one of my best times ever? Or do I want to make it a real experience and build in some hills? Uh, Any tips for us on selecting our own course? Uh, I've I've told some people, you know, if you use Strava, you know, go through through all your old stuff and see what your best 10K was. Um, If you just want to have fun with it and go find a downhill course and just be really creative, you know, go for that. Know that you're going to be really sore afterwards, probably. You know, I've told people have fun with it, you know, because this is the time that you can have fun with this one and it's going to be cooler than it's ever been before. And so that's why, you know, some of the people are probably having better workouts than they've ever had. One, they may have more time, but two, this is the coolest they're ever going to get for this race. So that's going to be the best part. Yeah. Well, I'll be standing at the top of a mountain uh, at the beginning of Peachtree Road Race Day awaiting <laughs> Uh, waiting the starting the official unofficial starting gun, but that leads me to a, to a, an interesting question. I think you know there are things that on any other given year runners don't need to be prepared for because it's given to them on the course. So they don't need to plan on how they're going to get their water. They don't need to plan on how they're going to get to the start finish line. Are you having elements into training that make up for some of those race day amenities they won't have when they're running on their own? 
we've definitely talked more about uh, carrying your personal hydration, whether that's belts, handhelds, flip belts. There's, you know, so many different options. You know, I've, I've talked to them about how, you know, a lot of the um, camelbacks are not allowed in races, but there's other packs that, that carry things. We've talked about, you know, stashing things or to make it even more fun on race day, since it is Thanksgiving and if your family's going to be there, have them along your route, have them hand out water, make it being experienced, bring music or whatever, but make it even more of a family fair and have your family make it a quote race day by, you know, giving you your hydration and stuff. I love that idea, Amy. I have to think about uh, doing that for my Peachtree course. But we also have the app this year. How excited are you to have that? Because, again, I think sometimes the crowd noises and everything else help us to put in a great performance at races like this. But without that this year, I mean, at least the the app's kind of a cool option. Are you going to try that out ahead of time? I know we've already had people asking about it. So that's kind of fun. People want to know, you know, when it comes out so they can uh, get an idea. And people are already thinking about their courses um, and, you know, some people do want to make it as close to Peachtree as possible, and it's going to be exciting. They're going to make it seem like you're running. You're going to get different um, prompts along the course. So I'm excited that we're going to make it as Peachtree-like as possible. How about that? That's going to be the exciting part this year by having that app. I know one of the things that you always talk about is the mental side of running and the mantras and, and things that people have to have to keep themselves going. Obviously, the distractions of a race kind of make that a little easier, especially when it's 60,000 people and there's the music and there's the crowds. What kind of mental tips do you have for people as they are trying to push themselves to their racing limit with no one else around them and and with no race structure to kind of keep that adrenaline going? So some people, I tell them, just take it one segment at a time. So if you know that you have trouble staying focused, right? Don't create a course that is just straight, you know, make a course with turns so that you can tell yourself, all right, I'm going to focus from this turn to this turn. And I just have to get to the next turn and get to the next turn and maybe have family members at each turn. Or if you have a dog, but your dog can't run with you, maybe, you know, have them have your dog at one of the turns. Right. So, you know, there's going to be something there at the next turn to get excited for, you know, so know your, I guess, your limits and what you need. And know, okay, well, if, if hills are not my friend, don't put a lot of hills in that last mile, right? You know, make sure that it is going to be something that suits your strengths. And you have a few weeks between now and the race to figure out what your strengths are mentally when you're running, not just physically. Have you seen a lot of new runners come to you for the first time this year, Amy, because of everything that's happened over these last several months? Because uh, I was telling Rich and Jay earlier, you know, this has kind of been a sanity saver for a lot of us, hasn't it? It has. A lot of people have said that getting out and running is, you know, their time away, their time to think, their time to just get a sanity break. And I know for me personally, I need to go out about three times a week just to say, you know, sane as well. And a lot of people said they started exercising one because they needed something different. And two, they just needed a challenge in their life, right? They wanted to do something new. And this, this was it. As of this recording, registration is still open. We have six weeks. So even if you're a newbie, is there still time to kind of build up your mileage and and put in the miles and the effort that you need to make it still a great race day? There is. We have, I think we're week four in training. So it was about seven and a half weeks, I think, left. Um, And so that's plenty of time to just add a mile a week to try to get ready for Peachtree. And that's even starting from zero. Um, so just adding a little bit each week, it doesn't mean you go out and try to run three or four miles today or walk three or four miles today, but just add, you know, a mile every week. And if you can only get two days a week, that's totally fine too. So everyone can get started right now, even if you're coming from sitting on the couch the last couple months. <laughs> 
The beach tree being in the fall teases up really good for a potential spring marathon season. Hopefully we have one. Uh, what kind of foundation do you get from training for a 10K if you want to do more racing and perhaps longer racing in the months preceding November? It's actually in training for Peachtree really rolls into our Publix Atlanta half marathon training. So a lot of the athletes um, that are in the program now will probably roll into you know, a, a spring half or even a spring marathon because in our training, we get up to eight miles training for Peachtree. Um, so it rolls them really nicely into a half marathon training. But even if you only get up to six miles in training, you know, for Peachtree, it still puts you in a nice place to get started for a late spring marathon or even, you know, mid spring half marathon as well. I had one last question for you before we let you go. As a coach on November 30th, the day after the last day to run Peachtree, what's a win for you for when a participant comes to tell you how their experience went? Well, one, if they did it, <laughs> that's, that's a win because, you know, you do have people that, that sign up for in-training and don't actually do the race because they're just there for fitness. You know, competition for them is, is not that, but I hope that we give them a little bit of, I guess, energy to compete and just see where they are and push their own limits. Um, everyone's going to have a different goal. So when they come to me and tell me how they did, you know, it's, did you accomplish your A goal, your B goal, your C goal? And hopefully it's most of them are accomplished my A goal. Um, I tell them just finishing is not an option because you're in this training, so you will finish. So I never let that be the goal. <laughs> um, so they always have to do something a little bit above just finishing. Amy Begley is the coach for Atlanta Track Club, and you can learn more about our in-training programs by going to atlantatrackclub.org. The AJC Peachtree Road Race app allows you to run Atlanta's most iconic race from anywhere. And the Home Depot app allows you to see items anywhere in your home. With the tools to make your project easier, the Home Depot is how doers get more done. Well, we hope you make this experience as great as it possibly can be in a weird 2020. We're all looking forward, though, to a little bit of normalcy with the AJC Peachtree Road Race just this time in November. And to get us motivated and help us stay on track, we're actually going to talk with uh, a Peachtree favorite here on the podcast next week, Jay. A Peachtree favorite and an Atlanta favorite. She cemented her place in the hearts of Atlantans by winning the AJC Peachtree Road Race in 2017, finished second in 2018. And then she came back here for a little race in February of 2020 and won the U.S. Olympic Team Trials Marathon, solidifying her spot on Team USA. We can only be talking about Alephine Tulliamook, who's going to be joining us on next week's edition of the Peachtree Podcast. If you've never heard her, she's one of the most positive forces out there. You know, February seems like so long ago, Jay, and uh, her win. But it was so nice to see her not only win, but then wake up early the next morning and come out and greet the rest of us who were running our own separate race. She just gets running and she understands that we're all doing the same thing. And maybe we're not all trying to make an Olympic team, but we're all out there pushing ourselves to our limits, no matter if we're running two and a half hours or six and a half hours for the marathon. And that's the kind of star that the sport of running and walking needs. And, and Alephine is that person. And I couldn't have been happier standing at the finish line to see her cross first. Uh, because we've had such a great time with her in Atlanta over the years. Uh, and one really cool thing, she knits hats, which we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. And unlike peach trees in the past, you might be able to wear one of Alephine's knit hats while you're running peach tree this year. Well, okay. We're going to need it because it's November. So awesome. So can't wait to hear more about that from her next week. Join us right here on the peach tree podcast for that. 
You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.